This is your video cast for Wednesday, March 10th, and we have a special treat for all of you. We got no Rigsby in the house, thank God, but we have quite the guest helping out with the show. It's none other than the high side hustler, Jason Fager. Jason, are you ready for this? Are you ready for uh, trying to announce instead of driving here this today? Yeah, absolutely. It's about <laughs> time I get to come over here and do something. I live about three minutes away. Yeah. Some pressure replacing Rigsby at all today, or I think you're going to... No, easy. Okay, when are we going to go to the pub, too? That's my real question, because it's been a while. That's too far north for me. Too far north? I'm, oh, I'm, man. I'm more into the, the, the west western tap or <laughs> Cadillac Jacks. There we go. Well, maybe after uh, the show, we can go get one more. But, Jason, one year ago, the world went upside down. March 10th, 2020, NBA All-Star Rudy Gobert tested positive for the virus and set everyone spinning for the next 48 hours where the whole world shut down instantly. And I remember going to your shop, we had the interview and stuff like that, which we really yeah, didn't know right. what was going on. Can you believe it's been one year since the pandemic started? It's been kind of crazy. It feels like we're going fast, but still in slow motion at the same time. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It definitely doesn't seem like it's been a year, but it seems like it's been forever, but it doesn't seem like it's been a year. So it's definitely been a long, uh, unusual year. Yeah, luckily for us, though, throughout the summer, we got to race pretty much all the races. Obviously, the Prairie Dirt Classic didn't happen. But other than that, record crowds at places last summer. It was a great, great time going racing. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, the record crowds, I think, were to reflect that the dirt I mean, dirt racing was kind of one of the only things uh, people could go, could go do. You know, the kids weren't uh, in sports. There was not any concerts, no fairs. <laughs> uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully all your promoters did a good job and uh, making them fans want to come back and uh, keep coming. You raced at Arizona, which, by the way, seems like forever ago with all these races happening in March and then speed weeks. You had some good runs, but seriously, how much are you itching to get back racing? I know you love to race. You've got to be ready to go here. Uh, definitely ready to get going. I mean, the weather, especially the weather just broke this week up here where it's actually been really nice, you know, been able to have the garage door open and working short. So as soon as that happens, you're ready to go race. So that, that uh, definitely gets the juices flowing. But, uh, you know, absolutely just been working hard. Uh, actually been working on a bunch of customer stuff, but we're, uh, we're ready to rock. Put your analyst hat on for one second. As we sit here today, what have you seen so far in the 2021 season? Oh, man, it's uh, it seems to me like it's been awfully weird. Yeah, uh, very. You know, like JD and Thornton were really hot in Arizona, and then they struggled pretty good at East Bay, and then, you know, might have a run here or there. And then, obviously, uh, Sheppy's been off, you know, compared to the last three seasons or so we've seen him. Um you know, and then, like, you know, we've seen McCready be really good and then off, and Turbo Turbo's been really consistent, I think. You know, he's had some issues, but he's been really fast. And uh, Devin Moran's been really surprising, too. I mean, not that he doesn't have the talent or the equipment, but he's been – seems like he's been really strong and uh, to me every night. And uh, it's going to be interesting, you know. It just seems like it's uh, – I don't know if you want to call it parody or luck or Is what. Is that good for the sport, parody? Um, yeah, well, I think so, absolutely. I mean, I don't think uh, – you know, I think the – Anytime the outlaws are on a town or Lucas, you know, the hometown track wants to see their local guy. Yeah, for sure. How they, their local guys, how they stack up. And they want to see the underdog. I mean, I don't think, I mean, it just seems like the underdog winning is always the biggest uh, success in anything. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely good. And it also gives other underdogs and lower, you know, lower budget and smaller teams uh, that mindset. Hey, this guy did it and I, you know, I can do it, you know. So that's definitely good for a sport. We need parity and we need, a, we need to keep it so everybody can win and race. Shepard's been dominating year in and year out with the Dirt on Dirt Driver of the Year. Is this the year, 
Brandon Overton gets it done? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, it's going to be interesting with a lot of the big money on the line. I, I'm i not going to lie. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't either one of them. I mean, I think, you know, it still easily could be J.D. and uh, really easily could be Tim McCready. Um, you know, and, I, you know, if Turbo got, or Moran got on the right hot streak, I think either one of them could do it. But, uh, I mean, there's definitely uh, be interesting. But uh, I think McCready has been knocking on the door, and I'd expect him to start off a lot stronger this year than he started off last year. Because I think, you know, towards the end of the year, you might have put him in contention, uh, you know, if you went from the last half of the season on or just there. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see. But uh, there's a lot of good drivers out there, so you never know. What's wrong with our boy, Brandon Shepard? Is he going to be able to turn it around? It just seems like they haven't been qualifying well, and that's put him behind the eight ball in pretty much all the big races so far. Yeah, I uh, I really don't know. You know, I mean, I was down there at East Bay for a few nights watching, and, uh, you know, one night he had a good chance probably getting win, and then just a little race and a uh, deal there, and he got taken around, so it took him out of contention. So, uh, but, you know, and then, you know, obviously Volusia changed the dirt, and I don't think they got to go practice there or test there. And uh, from what I talk to people I talked to and stuff, you know, it definitely was a lot different than they're used to. But, uh, you know, he was so dominant last year at Volusia. It was like – it was just really impressive. And then uh, – so I think that just threw their setup off a little bit. But, you know, this dirt stuff's just – it's so crazy. It's like you think you got it figured out and, and you know – it's like the next week uh, somebody figures out a different setup and, like, you're, now you're behind. Or, like, you make one little change that you think's better here, but then you don't realize it's hurting you everywhere else. And it's just so tough. And, uh, you know, uh, they'll get it figured out for sure. I think, you know, they definitely probably have the uh, probably the best operation in the business, you know. And uh, Brandon's, I mean, in my opinion, probably the best driver. if You know, one of the top three, four drivers, at, I mean, in our sport, hands down. And uh, they'll definitely get it figured out. He'll, he'll get back on track, especially when he gets on tracks that he's used to and, they get stuff clicking again, but uh, it's just so tough. It's hard to put a finger on just one thing, you know, but uh, I'm sure they're, you know, I'm sure they're working as hard as ever, if not harder, and uh, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll get it turned around. Race season is knocking at the door here in Illinois. How do you think around home is going to play out this spring and summer? We've got a lot of special races. It seems like the locals at certain tracks like Fairbury and Farmer City, they got great ones like Billy Drake, McKay Winger, and Kevin Weaver. It's going to be tough to win some of those big money shows when you have locals like that that have a you know that put a lot of money into the race program. It's yeah. always fun in Illinois that every summer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we got a lot of good drivers around here. I mean, don't I mean Frankie and Opie and uh, you know like Weaver, but uh, I think Drake's uh, retired officially. Oh, I think so. breaking news maybe. <laughs> I, I think so. I think they sold the car. I mean, because obviously. His dad lives right down the road, but uh, uh, I, I'm not. I mean, it's not 100, percent but I think they might be calling it done with the 75 team, like all together. Um, but uh, yeah, we got a lot of good drivers, you know. I mean, obviously, Squirrel, Baverb, and me, and Unzigger, and uh, it's just, you know, I mean, yeah, it's tough, you know, and you never know. It's just, it's definitely a lot of good cars around here, and it uh, makes it tough to win. When you see guys like yourself, Brian Shirley, and then Bobby Pearson, Florida yeah. Volusia, yeah. does that get? You, you get your blood flowing and knowing that, you know what, we got to be on our A game this summer. Yeah, I mean, I, it definitely gets the blood flowing, but you know you better be on your A game, yeah. you know, pretty much any time you eat. Anytime around here, you know, even the local show at Farmer City or February, you know, there's lots of nights where, you know, we have Bobby and Bab, me, Squirrel, Heck and S, Patolo, Unziger, you know, we're all there, you know what I'm saying, not counting the tough local guys. So it's like you got to be on your A game every night around here if you think you're going to win. I mean, it's tough, you know, and, it, and it's not the difference of running second. There's a lot of nights you could just – you can go to Farmer City and run fifth or sixth at a local show, you know, and uh, it's uh, it's tough, you know. And then even like uh, Taylor Scheffler, you know, he, you know, and he had a lot of – he didn't win a ton, but he had good runs going a lot of times there, and he probably could have finished better than he did. So it's real tough. 
What's your biggest goal for the revival season? Got a couple big wins like at Highland. What's your goal this year? Trying to maybe build up and keep going forward? Um, you know, at this point in my, the way we do, we just, I just want to win races, you know, and run, you know, and, uh, you know, make money, try not to try not to tear up my stuff and, and, uh, you know, good finishes and be, be, uh, be uh, consistently in that top five. And I mean, I always tell everybody, if you can keep consistently in that top five and then the top three, you're going to start winning races, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I just, uh, you know, feel like we've got our program turned around. I feel like I've got my motor program in a really good place right now. And then obviously this MB car, uh, I feel like it's been a really good fit for me. Um, just, uh, and we keep, I, I've gotten now to where I can really find I'm fine tuning that car. You know, I know I can feel every change I'm making right now. So it's just getting to know it better and better and uh, more consistently, you know, and uh, making the right decisions, you know, at the right time. So I feel good, but, you know, obviously, you know, Shirley's, you know, he's had what about four good years around here. I mean, him or Bobby are probably feel like anymore. Me and Bob are back there racing and we're chasing <laughs> Bobby and Brian, you know, and then Frankie's feel like he stepped his game up a bunch too, you know, so uh, it's tough, you know, to, to win around here is really tough, but, uh, you know, my goal is just to try to win races and, you know, it'd be nice to be able to pull out 10 or 11 wins, you know, in this season, but, you know, obviously, uh, like you're saying, Summer Nationals, like last year we won uh, two tens, and to me that's like winning four or five, so it's not necessarily always about the, the quantity as much as it is the quality, but uh, obviously we'd love to win a crown jewel, but uh, they're definitely – hard to win you know they're really hard to win with the competition and the some of these super teams that are out there and uh as technically everything has became but you know we're just gonna go out there and try to be consistent and keep everything in one piece and stay up front and uh you know i'm like i say i feel like uh right now i got about everything in place to to do good so i just need to keep working hard and hopefully make the right decisions we talked about it before the show just guys that points race nationally and they have to be like you know what, by Thursday we have to head west 60 hours, not 60, but 16, you know what I mean? Just an absurd amount of driving. They have to be there. How awesome is it for a driver like yourself from March until October? You can virtually race 70 times, hit up all the crown jewels, have a pretty much an independent schedule. It seems like Illinois guys like Bobby in the past, you in the past, Shirley obviously, have thrived off that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're very fortunate, and um, we got great racetracks around here, and most of our tracks aren't hard on tires. They aren't hard on motors, uh, and and the racing's great. You know, I love the bull ring racing, and, you know, we we'll, we'll just – it felt like for years we never paid any money, and it's like now, you know what I'm saying, once the line I got to Farmer City – and yeah, Kevin that, Weavers mentioned and, that once and, that it just like once blew that up happened and, and, and that thing then it was like oh boy and then it just like it started growing from there and then uh, we just got we're so lucky and like I'm in such a good area you know I can be at Knoxville in five hours Eldora five hours Florence in five hours and that's not counting I mean we got like eleven tracks or thirteen tracks within I think two hours from my house yeah. so uh, it's crazy you know we're so lucky to I'm so lucky to live right here and uh, it's awesome that I don't point tracing is just stressful as can be and you know you really stinks to drive by a track you really like to go down the road where you or you don't want to go you know and uh so we're just lucky to be able to do that and uh it, it's uh it's, it's awesome you know and it's uh it's very fortunate you know your career has been an excellent one it's been pretty solid for you big wins great crown jewel runs when you look back at all your accolades what comes to mind with jason fager because i remember you and your brother in that purple late model a bomb <laughs> on the back just first getting started and looking back to here now yeah uh it's but it doesn't feel like it but next year's gonna be 20 years so oh wow yeah next year be a big one and uh 
uh, you've seen a lot of people come and go, that's for sure. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, the Hell Tour probably is the, the toughest thing to do. To win that Hell Tour is tough, you know, and we had a really good – you know, the year before we won the national deal and won like 22 or three races. And, you know, that was pretty awesome. But, you know, to win the hell tour deal was, was pretty cool deal. I mean, I mean, that takes some luck and it's really hard, but you know, we've won, uh, obviously winning, uh, you know, we won some Lucas races, we've won some outlaw races. So, um, anytime you can just beat those guys, it's just awesome. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, just, uh, yeah, I've been lucky. I mean, I've been, I never thought I was that good of a driver. You know, I'm, I always tell everybody I'd make a better crew chief or mechanic than I, w than I would a race car driver. You know, I'm better, I'm better at building stuff and working on race cars than I am at driving them. But I've just been lucky enough to uh, fake it to get by and, uh, you know, have fun, make a little bit of a living doing it. Where do you see the sport of dirt late model racing in five years? I think it's more popular than ever, but where do you see it's going to go? More professionalism? Maybe we don't have weekly racing as much. It's just going to be more regionalized. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting, you know what I'm saying? I think we're getting a lot of the old NASCAR fans trickling our way, and I think we need to probably learn a lot from their failures and their mistakes. And, uh, you know, we got to have weekly racing. we got to have feeder series. And I think we need to keep the regional stuff strong to keep the national stuff strong. And uh, I think what makes our sport so unique and so different is our accessibility. Like, where else can you go and just run down in the pits afterwards and drink a beer with your favorite driver or – go talk to them in their t-shirt trailer or they come up and sit at the stands to watch the race right next to you. Like that happens nowhere. You know I mean? I, I think our sport might be the only sport that happens. And I think, uh, I think that's too where some of our series fail is they promote their series and they, I don't know why you'd ever promote your series. You need to be promoting the personalities and the drivers, the driver's faces need to be, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, like Monster Jam's a good example. They promote their drivers. They don't promote Monster Jam. You know, it's come see Tom Entz, come see Gravedigger, come see. And I think that's what you need more of. You know, it's like the worst thing in the world ever is when you're in your T-shirt trailer signing autographs and the guy's wearing your shirt and buying a shirt and he doesn't even know that's you sitting there because he only sees us with a helmet on. Yeah. And to me, that's not our fault because we do as much as we can to put ourselves out there. It's like, uh, you know, the, the series and the tracks need to do a better job of putting the drivers out there. But that's what makes our, our sport, to me, so unique we got a great product on the track, but being able to come back there and actually meet your driver, you can sit in their race car, you can go through their hauler, you know, you're meet, a lot of times you're meeting their wife, their family, their kids. It's like they think they're your family. They think they're friends. And it's not that they're not, but you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. It's just they're, it, it, they're actually a part of it where there's nothing else you can connect that closely to something you're passionate about or that you love. So um, to me, I think that's what really separates us. And obviously with the – the money that's getting put in there and, and, and then, and then the, the internet streaming and stuff and, and the TV races, that's crazy. You know, that's really getting us, uh, I think known more and it's bringing big money into our sport. Um, which is great. You know, um, I really think we need to work on trying to get like my, I always tell everybody 10%, you know, if it's, if it's 10,000 to win, it needs to be a thousand to start. If it's 50,000, it should be 5,000 to start. If you can't make it 10%, figure out what you gotta do to do it. But we can't have two or three drivers eating. We gotta have everybody eating to stay strong, you know? Um, and that's what, to keep everybody competitive, that, you know, that more of that parody we talked about, but, uh, the more money we're getting put in there is awesome. And, and the problem is really the, the biggest problem from the driving aspect of it for me, there's so many big money races right now. And, you know, I pretty much do everything. I run my own team. I'm my own crew chief, my own truck driver. I put my own cars together. Like there's a serious lack of, uh, talented pit crew guys that, that can do what needs to be done. And, and and another token of that is we can't pay them what they deserve to be paid for the amount of hours they work. So 
trust me, every driver in the country wants to go race 150 times a year every single race they can. But logistics-wise, it's just almost impossible, you know what I'm saying, and, and wear and tear on equipment and crews. So we got to figure out how to get uh, some better help there, you know, and, and uh, I think that would help. So we got to figure out I – mean, that's going to help more drivers be able to go race more places, you know what I'm saying. And, and I know uh, the other thing, like it's hard – the way it is right now, I'm not a businessman. I'm a race car driver, you know, so I need to be doing what I'm good at. I need somebody to help make decisions and run my team because that's what everything's going. So it's it's getting tricky. We're at some crossroads, but I, I think it's good. Anytime we're getting good, growth's good, but I, I think we can't be greedy either. You know, we got to share, share all the money and uh, make sure that everybody uh, thrives to keep everything going. Well, since you're co-hosting, we do all these plugs for our shows, what we're doing live this weekend. So this is something you have to get used to when you're co-hosting with me. But the last few weeks in the late model world has been kind of slow. But this weekend, we are back. This weekend, we have a plethora of races. McCarty, throw it up right now. We are live with so many races this weekend. Friday night, the Gobbler Makeup. Yeah, what happened in November? We're doing the Gobbler in March, Fager. $20,000 to win. It'll be live. That's the main course. Friday and Saturday, comp cams are at Boot Hill, 3000 and 7000 Friday and Saturday, SAS, 3000 and 5000 at Southern Raceway in Milton, Florida. And then Saturday, I always call it the epicenter of dirt late model racing, Florence Speedway, $10,000 for the Spring 50. You never know who's going to show up there. And then Saturday night, Port Royal, Speedway with their three thousand dollar to win local, which by the way, figure they're racing for three thousand every single night weekly. That's pretty wow, solid that there, at Port Royal. That's when you good. look at that list, what one would stand out? Maybe you know what? If I could go to a race this weekend, I would go there. Well, if I if I had to pick one to go to, it'd be uh, Florence, just because it's definitely the closest, you <laughs> know. And I really do like Florence. I think that uh, Cochrane is going to be interesting. Twenty thousand to win there. I mean. Who's going to show up? I mean, you think like McCree? Well, they already have in the heat races. And oh, stuff. did they? I just I don't even know who's in so the field. So, I, I know. Well, I mean, Overton won his heat race. Okay. Bronson won his heat race. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be maybe an Overton's race to lose. Yeah. He's going to be the favorite yeah. for sure. I would say so. so yeah, but, yeah, I think I didn't realize they were in their heats. But, yeah, that would be tough. And then uh, Florence will be interesting to see who uh, who shows up there. I mean, I think Comp Cams, you know, you definitely have a, a pretty good, you know, top ten. I think it's an underrated there. region. The down comp there. cams, yeah, comp it is. Cams, you know, we went down into that Mississippi race and racing yeah. against some of them guys, and it's pretty tough. Uh, especially a uh, Turbo might show up down there, huh? Hard to say. Have you talked to him? Yeah, I have not talked yeah. to him. But well, like if, if Cade rolls, rolls in there and both Moyers, and then like that Spencer Hughes kid's been really tough, and uh, there's some good good drivers, some good young drivers down and there. And there's no national coming. touring series yeah, racing this you know? weekend, so it could be a hodgepodge of drivers going everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it could be really tough, and. Uh, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. And then Florence, uh, I don't know who will be at Florence. So, I mean, that's like a track where you never know. Cause you have like the yeah. guys from the North that haven't raced yet. And you're like, you know what? Florence is only two hours away. Let's go hit it up yeah. for 10,000. They know yeah. it's going to be kind of racy. So, yeah, I know K Rob, he doesn't have a car together, so he's always <laughs> tough there, but he won't be there yet. But uh, I mean, I, I think Bobby's probably got to be the favorite to win at Florence. I would assume. But wait, there's more McCarty. We got some VOD on demand action Friday and Saturday. One of Fager's favorite events. The Toilet Bowl Classic at Clarksville Speedway, 3000 on Friday, $5,000 on Saturday. You haven't been to many Toilet Bowls, though, have you, Fager? Uh, I've only been, uh, I think I've been to one, maybe two. <laughs> you yeah. flipped there once. I think Weaver no, flipped you. Uh, Not the to I didn't Toilet Bowl, Weaver, Summer Weaver Nationals. Weaver got on top of me. Uh, classic Weaver. Yeah, yeah. Coming off, Noel, just like uh, we got together, come off the back street, and he kind of ended up on top of my <laughs> roll cage, yeah. And then Saturday, Carolina Clash at Lancaster Motor Speedway. So we got... Plenty of coverage for all of you. Plenty of live events. 
If you don't have Flow Racing, get it now. But if you subscribe to Dirt on Dirt, you get Flow Racing also as well. So that's a good deal there. And uh, cannot wait to see some action all weekend long. But Fager, we have commercial breaks. We got ads right now, so we'll send it to our first one. McCarty, roll the music. <laughs> if you want to be remembered, you got to do more than just win. You got to get them out of their seats. You got to give them the slide job, cushion pounding, no holds barred racing they paid to see. This is dirt track. That means pushing it to the edge and laying it all on the line. Yeah, you might wreck. We'll help you get back out there so they can watch you try it again and again. See, dirt track is a sport of the people and only they decide if you're to be remembered. It's your job to take risks and make sure you're memorable. Pit Stop USA, live like legends. Studios, Bombstead Viewing in Central Illinois. The number one dealer has been family-owned and operated since 1928. That's nearly 100 years. And I'm not just saying this either. They are the nicest people in the car and truck industry we have ever met. Hit their website now. Check out the amazing deals. And keep in mind, guys, if you buy a car or truck from Bomb, you get a free lifetime subscription to Dirt on Dirt and Flow Racing and McCarty. We had breaking news over the week. We just sold our ninth car from them, and that's the ninth person getting that lifetime subscription. That is quite the deal there. I'm going to go buy one. I think you should. I think, Fager, you should go buy one. Then you don't have to worry about Dirt on Dirt anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could afford a new truck. Yeah, that'd be nice. But, uh, yeah, everything that Bomb does for us, they're the official live production vehicle of Dirt on Dirt and Flow Racing. So, Kudos to those guys. Just wanted to give them a plug there. But we're going to keep moving on. And joining us now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is staff writer Robert Holman, who will preview this weekend. Robert, we have tons of racing this weekend, tons of regional shows, no national series. So it'll be interesting to see where guys show up. But let's talk about the 20K headliner at Cochran. But first, I got to ask you, how weird is it that they're running the gobbler in March? 
Oh man, Derek, it's it's just a name, right? Yeah, uh, true. You know the race the race got pushed back uh, after qualifying and heats, and they wanted to finish it up, uh, and I don't blame them, you know. So so here we are. So you know nothing really feels weird anymore after kind of a strange season last year, right? Oh, that is true. <laughs> is this Brandon Overton's race to lose? I know he won his heat heat race back in November, or can another driver pull off the upset and get it done? Oh, sometimes I feel like every race is Brandon Overton's race to lose, right? I mean, he's just that good now. Uh, you know, we know he's really good at Cochrane. He won there, uh, like the spring, uh, spring Nationals, Schaefer Spring Nationals race at Cochrane last year, and he won the World of Outlaws race there in 2019. So, you know, when, when he won that World of Outlaws race there, Ross Bales, who finished eighth, was a highest finishing driver who wasn't a serious regular other than Overton. And during the spring nationals race, Bales finished third behind Overton and Chris Madden. So I think a guy like like Ross Bales could could win the race. Sure, you know Bales is one of those guys who's good there. Also, I think uh, Bronson won his heat race down there as well. You know, and if you look at at kind of some stats, I guess one of the other common denominators between those two races that I just mentioned was Clay Knight, a local guy who who had finishes of seventh and twelfth. You know, Knight gets around Cochran really good, uh, so he could be a factor. I don't really think he's probably gonna gonna be able to get by Overton and Bales though. So, so to answer your question, it's it's kind of Overton's race to lose, but a guy like Bales could definitely win it for sure. All right, Fager, we're the ones always asking you the questions. This is your chance now. We'll give you a few opportunities to ask Robert Holman. You can ask industry. You can ask about the track we're talking about. This is all about you, Fager. What do you got for him? Ah, uh, man. I'm not sure who uh, who is a young uh, up and coming driver down in your area. You think uh, could make some noise at certain places down here in the south? Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned I mentioned Clay Knight. Uh, there are uh, the the Martin kid there at Cochran. Uh, you know, he got kind of some some headlines uh, from that uh, East Alabama deal where where he kind of punted. Uh, he kind of punted. Uh, a guy there t- uh, towards the end, he's really, really good, and, and he's going to be good. He's just a young kid who, who needs to learn some, some control, and he's going to be good. Uh, here locally, you know, Christian Hanger, I have to give a shout-out to him. He's been running really, really well. He just hadn't had much luck when he's competed against those uh, the, the bigger races. So guys like that that are kind of under the radar, I think in the next two or three years, you'll kind of see, see some guys like that emerge and, and as drivers – to turn over in the sport you know yeah let's move on to the two-day show at boot hill for the comp camp races robert this is the first time we'll see most of the mississippi and louisiana drivers this weekend epj is planning on running there but am i wrong when i say this i think the mid-south region is very underrated they have tons of talent down there well you know clearly there's a lot of talented drivers down here in the south starting of course you know with with Brandon Overton over there in Georgia. But when you kind of swing westward just a little bit, there's still a solid crop of drivers who can contend week in and, and week out. You know, let's, you know, let's not forget that Tyler Irv's from Texas, right? And, you know, and you have Kay Dillard down there in Louisiana. And, of course, the Comp Cams series guys, they boast a slew of, of really talented drivers like Morgan Bagley, B.J. Robinson, the Rickman brothers who've been following that tour for the last couple of years, Spencer Hughes who, who joined it last year, and, of course, series champion Logan Martin. 
you know, all these guys might not be household names. Of course, you know, Morgan followed the world of outlaw country, but, man, they're really tough when you get to their region. Will Billy Moyer pick up at least one win this weekend? Seems like a pretty good chance, especially during these comp camp races. Eric, any time Billy Moyer shows up, he has a good chance to win, right? I mean, he does. Yeah, he, he kind of does. Moore, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's really rare that Moyer wins a race and someone says, "Oh my, Billy Moyer won! What a surprise!" You know, that's just that's just doesn't happen. So it should not uh, shock anyone if he wins. It definitely won't shock me if he wins uh, one of those races this weekend. You know, it was just two years ago that he picked up a Comp Cam's win at Boot Hill, so. Definitely won't be a surprise to me if he wins one. My turn on that. Yeah, come uh, on, Fager. I definitely wouldn't be surprised uh, if Billy wins. Uh, but I, I think it'd be tough. Uh, I've never been to Boot Hill. I don't know. I've watched a race there, so I really don't know. But uh, I think if Cade shows up, he's going to be really tough. Being's, uh, he's been really fast, but he's kind of had a lot of bad luck. So I think he's ready to get the ship righted there. I think so, too. What do you think about that, Cade Diller, with a big win this weekend, Robert? Again, he is due to break out of this bad. The slump for Kay Dillard will not go on forever. And what a better place than right there in his home state there in his region to, to break out of it. So, yeah, he could, he could definitely – he could sweep the weekend. He's that good, you know, when he, gets, when he gets going. If he can, you know, get this monkey off his back, he could sweep the weekend down there. We are also live at Florence, y'all, this Saturday. I always say Florence is like the epicenter of late model – of the weight model world in terms of the location. You can drive five hours in any direction and see hundreds of super late models, different tracks. You could be at Eldora. You could be at Fairbury. You could be pretty much anywhere. Robert, do you agree with me that Florence is the epicenter of dirt late model racing? I don't, I don't disagree with you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I, I, I've never really thought about it that much, you know, because I'm, I'm actually a little more than five hours from Florence. Uh, but yeah, I mean, logistically speaking, I can certainly, I can certainly see that there are definitely a lot of racers in a five mile, a uh, five hour radius of there. And, and I think that that'll definitely be reflected this weekend with the spring 50, especially with the purse with no national races going on. And with the purse increased, I think 10 K to win this year, I think you'll definitely see that through, throughout that field, just how that track draws from just all kinds of directions. So, so I won't disagree with you, but I'll I'll give that one to you for sure. Oh yeah, and that's that was gonna that is what I was gonna say. One of my favorite things about the Spring Fifty is that you have no idea who's gonna show up to this race. Drivers in the North are itching and ready to go. Drivers in the South just love Florence in general. I think it's kind of a cool old school feel that the Spring Fifty has because you have no idea who's gonna show up. You know, that's for sure. I mean, it's. Uh... It's a, a very eclectic field uh, that draws from, like you said, from the north, from the south, and, and people just want to race right now. So for that race, you know, it could easily draw 40, 45 cars, and you never know who's going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's a weird place like that. You never know who's showing well, up. Well, like even the summer national races we'd go there, that one time Scott Bloomquist shows up in Austin, Dillon, you're like, yeah. we're like week five of this thing. Yeah, you never know there. At, uh, and then and – There'll be plenty of good ones for sure. That's that's always uh, – that place is tough. And finally, my favorite event, the Toilet Bowl at Clarksville. Robert, you've went to Clarksville plenty of times, so what is your favorite memory? There has to be one, buddy. 
Uh, you know, probably just going to the summer nationals races there before I began to to work for dirt on dirt just years ago, you know, because I would take my son with me when he was little, you know, once he got into high school, uh, basketball and baseball and stuff kind of took up um, 95% of his time and he just doesn't go to the races with me that much anymore. So going to those races, taking those, uh, my kids to those races, uh, you know, uh, cause Carson was like the closest summer nationals race to home for us. It's only two hours away. So we tried to get to that one as often as possible. You know, I remember seeing uh, Dennis Erb win there in 2012 and Bab win there in 14. So, so that those are all cool races, just kind of a midweek deal. And you, you feel like you're playing hooky and you get to throw your kids in the car and go up there and watch, you know. And, and so those are probably some of my some of my coolest memories there. Actually just going to sit in the stands and watch, not actually working, you know. That's the first track I ever met you at was uh, Clarksville. And also you, you weren't cheering in the press box. When Dennis Herb Jr. won, were you? No, I think I was sitting in the stands and I was probably cheering though. Yeah. Oh, I could yeah, for sure. Cheering, I could for sure stand. see that. Okay, the toilet yep. bowl trophy. It's probably one of the bizarre, weirdest, coolest trophies in our sports. What's your honest thoughts though on it, Robert? <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that that thing. Because I have no idea where you would keep it. I mean, do you hook it up? Do you put it in your shop as, and actually use it? Does it really work? Uh, I have no idea. I'm not. A, it's how do you haul it home? Do you tie it down? What if it breaks? I don't know. I, I just uh, I'm not a big fan of it. Even though uh, what I'd like to see is a trophy that has like a, a smaller toilet integrated into the actual trophy somehow with some cool design kind of like the plunger the night before like that plunger that's actually a pretty cool manageable trophy uh if nothing else i I guess though i'll give it props because it's original and to see those guys uh sitting on it uh after they win that race is is pretty funny you know like i remember honestly who didn't get a laugh when they saw dennis herb sitting on that thing after he won that that race and he's won it a couple times so if nothing else it's good for photos but heck i don't know where i'd keep it well the funny thing is fager will contest to this brian shirley has it in his race shop he actually put it in it's usable it's got the full flush and everything so shirley went that route he said i'm going to take one of my trophies and use it actual as the actual bathroom toilet yeah, well, he's like my good that. buddy, but he's pretty tight. He's not going to buy a toilet if he has a good one sitting there, I promise you. <laughs> well, uh, thanks. well, thanks, Robert. We'll see you down the road. As always, you just got great insight. You're, you're way better than Kovac, by the way. Hey, Kovac is getting stale, right? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's washed. Well, uh, another commercial break. We'll be right back. Uh, McCarty, you know what to do, right, buddy? not a sport racing is a lifestyle it's all night in the shop and long days on the road you always push a little harder and you refuse to lose 
Protect yourself. Protect your passion. Pit Stop USA. Live like legends. Are you looking for the best race shirts on the planet? Impact Race Gear has you covered. With first-class artwork and state-of-the-art screen printing equipment, we service the entire racing industry from dirt late models, sprint cars, modifieds, to asphalt and drag racing. For shirts your fans and sponsors will love and deserve, be sure to call on Impact Race Gear for your next project. Visit our website at impactracegear.com or call 1-877-743-8337. We make it easy to get the best race shirts on the planet. Studios here in Bloomington, Illinois. Got the special guest, Jason Fager. And Jason, I was thinking of something fun that we could do, and we are going to play the driver resume game. We played this game in the past on Late Model Night in America last year. Basically, we will show you a blind resume of an Illinois driver. It's going to give you clues. There's going to be like three or four, maybe five clues. And our guess is we're going to have to try to guess who it is or of who it is. It's a fun game. Do you think we'll get one right? Oh, yeah. Fager knows his Illinois history. Let's cue up the first one. I will read the clues out loud and see if uh, Fager can get it. All right. Guess this driver. His first summer nationals victory was at Macon Speedway. He has no touring series championships. He has one single top 10 finish at the Eldora Dream and World 100, and he has five-figure paydays in Illinois, Indiana, West Virginia, Louisiana, Ohio, Mississippi, and Pennsylvania. This is the one of them that I got right earlier, Fager, so I was. this Ooh. is the only one I got. Uh, so he never he never won a summer national series, never won a you know professional series. So that can maybe narrow it down a little. He bit. never won a summer national series. No, no, yeah, he never won the championship. The Pierce won a summer national championship. Uh, Big Bob, yes, he won back in the day. I thought he did. I would that he would have been my first guess. All right, uh, Bob Pierce. We will say that is incorrect. In, no, that's incorrect. But that would have been my first guess. But I didn't think. But I thought he had won a hell tour. Uh, Wow, the states throw me off, and what they want in. All right, come on, Fager, you got this. <sighs> Billy Drake. Billy Drake. We talked about him too. Yeah, I know, and the thing is, he's yeah, won. He's won so mind. many different races yeah, in different yeah. places. Hard to believe he never won the Hell Tour. He chased it for so long. Yeah, really. He, I know it came close. And we just said I earlier, should, I should have known that one. Yeah, I worked for him. I was probably at that. Yeah. I was probably crew chief. You're probably at all his five-figure payday wins too. No, I wasn't all of them. <laughs> yeah, and you just announced earlier that he's going to retire. Yeah. Allegedly, but do drivers actually retire? I don't know. I don't think very much. All right, let's go to the second one, McCarty. Dang it, I can't believe that. He's a seven-time winner on Summer Nationals Tour, including back-to-back -back wins at Hobstot. 
He won a career-high 31 feature races in 2001. I'm guessing he probably won the national championship. Has competed in the ARCA and MAX series. And he enjoys Thanksgiving with a Lucas Oil Series regular. So whoever is a series regular right now, he must have Thanksgiving dinner with him because maybe relationship somewhere and somehow. I would have to. Uh, I would have to say Bob Pierce. Oof! No, it's not Bob Pierce. Think more St. Louis area. His daughter is married to a current Lucas Oil driver. St. Louis area. I'm not big on the St. Louis area. Well, he's won a lot of national championships. He won like four in a row back in the heyday. He's a former Prairie Dirt Classic winner as well. No, Summer Nationals. He beat you oh. at the line. The oh, question. Rodney Melvin. Yep, Rodney Melvin there. Dang it. Yeah, then he, he won like the national 30, championship 01. like four years yeah, in a yeah. row. So he was stacked. So the Thanksgiving well, is his daughter is married to, to Tanner, Tanner. So. That true, uh, true, Ben true. Shelton got that one right right away. I did not get that one, so I'm one. I was one for two. All right, Fager, Shoo. this is your last chance. Show number three has 50 career paying victories of 5,000 or more. Four times he's posted a career high three feature victories on the Summer Nationals. Has feature big victories on both national tours and graduated into super late models after 11 victory season in the Sportsman Division. That has to be me. You think it is you? I think so. Look at that. He got one right. Oh, the yeah, high nice side pitcher. hustler. Oh, my. We got one With right. With Mohawk. He's, Mohawk and everything. He was one for three, and that's oh, all that I matters. I can't believe my I'm, picker guys made us do that. <laughs> hey, I'm just, hey, we actually showed old school video of you with the Mohawk at Kentucky Lake during the summer national yeah. minute while you were talking. So, uh not bad. One for three. Those yeah. things are tough because you're always thinking, okay, it could I be this guy. should have had the first one. Yeah, if you – yeah, you crewed for the guy. Yeah. Well, we're going to bring in the Kevin Kovac, master himself of the Memorial Notes section. He can unmute his phone. And first and foremost, Kevin, how the hell does he get Billy Drake wrong when he actually tuned for the guy? Oh, my God. You were, you were stumping uh, Fegger there. I was getting worried that he wasn't going to get the last one there, too. But <laughs> yeah. he come through. But he come through. I, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, he, you probably sprung that on him, and he wasn't a – he wasn't like up on his history at the moment, so. True. But uh, it could be tough. I, I I wasn't sure about the Rodney Melvin one too. That that kind of stumped me for a second too. Ben got that one right away because he just figured out the relationship and marriage between, you know, Tanner and his daughter. So stuff like that. But Kovac, before we get to your notes, I had my personal favorite note, and Fager has not seen this video. So roll the video, <laughs> Dustin McCarty. This is at Portsmouth Raceway Park. This is a good video, bro. On a jet ski, ripping laps at PRP. Fager, look at that. I That's know you awesome. like racing at Portsmouth during the Dirt Track World Heck Championship. Yeah. Is this guy running the right line? He's on the high, he's on the high side too. There. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Fager, or not, I mean, not Fager. Kovac, you saw this video. What's your thoughts on this? We always go to the Dirt Track World Championship every year. It's just crazy to see this thing flooded. People having a good time, and maybe they should just race boats in the spring. I know that's that'd be a good. Looks like you can make a nice little racetrack out of that on with just the water. It just, it just amazes me, like that that whole property just becomes just inundated with water, and like it's you know it's up into the stands, and it, it's just amazing that like that's just a normal thing there every year it seems like, and and uh and they this like go clean it. I guess probably got to clean up some of the concession stands or something, and they, bathrooms. And, Let's go racing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kovac, we give you your own section. I know that 
Fager's probably never heard of any of your notes you've gotten here in the last week. What do you have right now? Uh, I, I checked on uh, – I saw everybody might have seen, obviously, that Chris Madden won on Saturday. Uh, a flag-to-flag win there in the outlaw race at, uh, at Smoky Mountain. And the next day, I mean, you would have thought that this would have been a perfect weekend for him to double up and, uh, and get two five-figure wins in the same uh, back-to-back, uh, considering that the March Madness race was at Cherokee Speedway right down, you know, his home track, basically. But uh, Madden woke up and wasn't feeling well on Saturday, on Sunday morning, so he had to, uh, you know, bypass the, the Cherokee race. So I checked with him, uh, you know, yesterday, a little bit later in the day yesterday, see how he was doing. And he said he actually wasn't feeling, you know, too great still. I mean, he said he was very dehydrated uh, for for some reason. So he was uh, he was still under the weather. But he's not racing this weekend anyway. Doesn't he have that anything planned for this weekend? He's not racing until the Bristol Dirt Nationals next weekend. So he's got a you know another another seven eight days here to to recover and hopefully he'll be back to a hundred percent in time for Bristol because I mean obviously Bristol you better be a hundred percent running that place because uh, that leads me to another note there about you know, the World of Outlaws they just practiced uh, uh, like seven of the guys practiced there on uh, on Monday night about five hours. Uh, Man, he's like Brandon Shepard did over 150 laps at the place. Yeah, I saw it was 175 uh, or something like that. I'm like, there's yeah. no way he ran that many. But then again, I was like, yeah, he probably did run that many. <laughs> they were running. I mean, he was almost double the next closest from what I saw. I think uh, uh, the next closest was like 90 laps or something like that. I think Boom might have been. But uh, uh, but I just was checking around and you know asked a couple guys what they thought, and and it's just. Uh, about about the place and in one of the comments was just from a participant was just insanely crazy that's what they said about bristol and uh another a lot of them were seemed like a a consensus opinion was managed so fast that it's going to be tough to to run side by side at that place and you know it's uh you know basically i don't like i've heard it seen that compared to maybe like a a long williams grove kind of straightaway with big high banks like they have at uh uh, you know, at the at Bulls Gap or something like that. So it's definitely a place. I heard Ricky Weiss talk about it, and he just said that you just go in the corner and it just holds you. <laughs> You're going so fast. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, it's it's a, it's a fast place, and I think a lot of guys are, you know, well, are concerned that it'll be tough to pass. Yeah, and uh, Jason, you talked to Jonathan Davenport. He tested first, and – the way you've been seeing the practices from both the Wu and that first session, is this kind of what you're going to see and probably it's going to be tough to pass? Yeah, I thought it was hard to tell. Uh, I, I didn't watch the practices last night, but I watched a lot of that first time there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm basically just more going off what Jonathan said because a lot of times it's hard to tell on TV. But he said uh, he thought it was going to be really hard to pass unless, you know, maybe it got really slick uh, to where you guys could get up on that top. He said, but it's just uh, there's so much banking. It just wants to keep driving you down to the bottom of the track, you know, and he thinks it's just going to be tough. Kovac, what about your boy Stu Friesen? Fifth place run at Cherokee, yeah. and he's just dogging late model racing. We don't pass or what? Well, he's not dogging it, but, I mean, it, this is something that you kind of could expect, I guess, early in the season. You get some afternoon races in the sun down south and on the, on the harder, you know, the red clay, sandier tracks. But uh, he, he's got, like, three top fives now. He had two top fives in a row there, you know, back a couple weeks ago with, but Lakeview and, and Cherokee, and then you got another another top five at Cherokee on on Sunday in March Madness. Uh, but he said he goes to Ocala back uh, the uh, Luke, the last Lucas race back at Speed Weeks, and, and that one rubbered up. 
and all these other races he's been have been rubbering up. I mean, he's gotten some good finishes, but he hasn't been too thrilled about the racing yet. Not has hasn't been fun for him yet because he says he's only seen about ten passes. He he doesn't know if he's seen ten passes in his late late model career so far in feature time, which. I mean, you look at the finishes and where everybody started, it's pretty much that's the truth. Uh, it's been tough to pass. I think he came from like 16th or 17th in one of those in a Cherokee race back, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. But it was more of a attrition deal, him coming up there. So I, I told him, you got to get, you, get you down to the Midwest or somewhere like a Port Royal in the Northeast. I mean, he's run at Port Royal with the Modified before, so he knows about that. And uh, got to get him away from the, the afternoon races especially and – and maybe uh, I well, think he'll he's be, a big he'll block enjoy guy. Himself much more. He's a big block guy. They're like they feast off afternoon races, or you know, <laughs> they're always racing big races in the afternoon. What's his uh, What's his plans for the year with the late model? I mean, is he just going to do as much as he can, but still run the whole modified deal? Or I, I haven't even paid attention. Yeah, well, I mean, he's so busy with everything. I mean, he he actually he finished top five in the NASCAR truck race at <laughs> Las Vegas on Friday night. Then flew. I think he only slept an hour or two, you know, or something. Maybe on the plane, he flew in uh, to run at Smoky Mountain on Saturday. So he's definitely putting in the travel time to go in back and forth and and get some late model races in. But uh, I mean, it's more going to be where he can fit it in uh, because I mean, he does so well. He won like twenty some races with a big block last year, so that's his bread and butter when he's not running the the truck but this is going to give him a chance to get more races in. I know this coming weekend he's going to be running at Georgetown. There's a short track super series race uh, in Delaware this, uh, this Friday, Saturday. So I, I believe that's where he's going to be. So, um, and then after that, he's going to, I mean, I hope, hope he gets some races uh, in some different places, getting them in the Midwest and in the Northeast. He's a really good driver and he'll, yeah, he's a, he's a good addition sure. to the field. It'd be pretty neat to see him run some different places. I think he will. But, I mean, I, I, he also, you know, I mean, I'm sure he wants to run some places where he can get more laps and features and, and passing lap, you know, or racetracks that he could pass on before he goes and runs the World 100 or something like that. I'll ask both of you guys this. We'll have figure go first. But did Kyle Larson open up a can of worms where, like, all of a sudden all these NASCAR guys, all these different forms of racing are coming in the late model world. Now you see a couple NASCAR drivers announce they're racing late models. So have we opened up a can of worms figure? We're going to see more and more, or do you think Bristol dirt, they're just trying to get some laps in? I think the Bristol is probably kind of an exception, but you know, obviously a guy like Larson's kind of like Stewart, you know, they race anything, anytime they ever can, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, I think for them guys, it's probably just fun. Yeah. You know, I, I can't imagine the cup stuff's that much fun because of the pressure with sponsors and obligations. And, uh, you know, I guess we all probably start doing this for the love and the fun of it. And it's probably just a lot, a lot more fun for them to get, go no pressure and do something different. So I, I wouldn't be, uh, depending on how their contracts are written up, you know, if they can do it or not, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see in more and more of it, which hopefully it brings which them to our good sport. For we both know sports. we've seen it with uh, who's done it, Boyer and Stewart, and a lot of guys are fielded teams. So um, hopefully it brings in more. Yeah, Kovac, is your boy Pouchy, is he going to switch divisions here ever, or is he just going to kind of be a big block guy? No, Pouch is uh, – he, he's he's a big block guy till, till the end now. He's a, he's settled in. I mean, he's in his – he just turned 60-something, you know, a few days ago. So uh, I, I don't think he's making a division change at this point, but – uh, he'll, he'll stay with the big blocks. Also, me and Fager have a bone to pick with you and the editorial team. What about Bob Gardner at Springfield? We get no love for him. Big 3K victory. I thought that was kind of a shocker passing Billy Moyer there on the closing laps. That was a pretty good win for him and kind of a surprising win. 
Oh God, I, I, that totally slipped by uh, the. I tell you what, I mean that was not a very uh, well publicized event. I didn't even kind of just totally slipped by me that I that that even happened. I, you you just told me something that, that I actually did. I didn't even catch that. Wow. Uh, yeah, Congratulations was, I, to Gardner. So you better, I, when you see him on the Hell Tour or at a race this summer, you better go apologize. Yeah, I was, I was busting suave here, wondering how come there was no article about him, and and uh, got Bob G <laughs> got him a big win. So because I was giving Bob G a hard time for going that far down there for three grand, but uh, he made it count. Hey, it's good. He, he, I know he was struggling in Arizona, you know, getting used to the new car and stuff, and so that's good to see him that he that he picked one up. Well, all right, Kovac, your notes are great as always. Uh, tell your boy, Stu, to calm down a little bit. We'll get some passing for him. Maybe if he doesn't get passed, maybe he hasn't counted the 10 times he's got passed. <laughs> I think yeah, he'll find some better tracks. I told him, you know, uh, better better racier tracks uh, as we get to the nighttime racing and then in the summer. So uh, we'll, we'll see him somewhere making some moves. All right, see you, Kevin. All right, see you guys. See you, Kevin. All right, last thing of the show – of course, last week you heard that Castrol Flow Racing Night in America is coming up, and now 411 is $20,000 a win instead of 10. I think this series is perfect for racers. Jason, you said you're going to hit up a couple as you look over here. Here's the schedule. We start in 15 days at 411. Probably not going to make that one, but I could definitely see you hitting up the March 31st one. When you look at this schedule, how many are you looking at to hit, uh, hit up? Uh, honestly, I'll probably just do the February and the Granite City one. Uh, for me, logistically, that's probably uh, makes the most sense. So maybe the Marshalltown one if I do that swing, but there's just so much racing this year. It's going to be tough to do, and uh, might just depend how the equipment and the crew are holding up. We've talked about it a few times over beers at a race or something, and we're like, okay, the Summer Nationals start here right after the Dream. Then we have this two-week break of races at the Prairie Dirt and Cedar Lake. You ain't missing those. And then we finish off with the Summer Nationals, and then it's Crown Jewel season. How nuts and how chaotic is it for you as a driver trying to figure out what races to go to? And now you have these midweek shows. You're like, you know what? We're close to home. We're hot right now. We can go hit these up too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're not going to win the points on a, on a series, you just got to go to where you think you have the best chance of making money. And uh, it's, uh, it's as chaotic as can be there. And it's like you want to try to save yourself for, you know, the PDC and, the, and then uh, Cedar Lake and the Dream and the World. But – how do you pass up five grand, 30 minutes from the house or, you know, right there? You got to go. You just got to try to make as much money when you can, when your stuff's ready and just keep working and hopefully things go good. I'm going to ask you, 2010 Summer Nationals, I felt like it was this heyday. You guys were all battling now. It seemed like there was 20 of you. Just, I don't know, the Summer Nationals to me has kind of lost a little bit of lust. I think it's still good for you drivers because there's so many races, but it doesn't have like that hell tour thing like it did in 2010 where you're like, wow, there's a new storyline every single night. Yeah, that was the year I think we did 14 days straight with no rainouts, no days off. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think they're at a crossroads right here. I think they're going to have a wake-up call this year personally. I'd be surprised if one driver falls the whole tour. Um, maybe the guy that wins, uh, they, they need to get back to a four-week schedule, keep it the actual hell tour because uh, these other promoters aren't going to stay off their dates. And then you look at what I-80 just put up, that week's just insane. So uh, how are we supposed to go down to tracks far away for not much money when we could go to I-80 or uh, go to a place close to home? So they're going to have to uh, – I think they're going to get a wake-up call this year uh, and realize they're probably going the wrong direction. Uh, need to get back to its roots the way it was. Uh, I know talking with the other drivers that run a tour religiously, me, Bad Squirrel, Frankie, uh, we don't like it. It needs to go back. But uh, it would be interesting. I guess we'll find out. 
We will definitely find out. And, uh, McCarty, we'll get you in here. How did Fager do for the first time hosting using his analyst uh, abilities? I thought he did pretty good out of a 10. I'll go 8. I'll go 9.2. Yeah, I thought he did good. Uh, first time in. I think we need to do this more often, honestly, uh, bringing a driver in and then doing uh, – Are we replaced Rigsby and yeah. Fager comes yeah, in there we go. week? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm only three minutes away. Yeah, and then maybe beers after will be perfect. <laughs> Fager, I had a question for you. Yeah. So over this past year, you kind of came in and you uh, joked with me when you come to the gym. So over this past year, you and your wife work out at the same gym as my fiance. How has that helped you? We know you've lost, uh, was it 40 pounds, 40, 50 pounds? I had lost, I think, 50 or 60, but I put a little bit back on. Um, how has that helped you over this past year? Obviously, you uh, – got a couple wins over this past year. How has that helped you like inside the cockpit and uh, just in uh, general overall? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, in high school, I was pretty, pretty skinny and pretty good athlete, you know, and then I think people don't realize how, uh, how much exercise can just uh, actually make you feel better mentally more than anything, gives you a better mindset and energy to keep focused. And uh, I feel like it just helps me focus better, but obviously being fit uh, helps too. Um, but, you know, you know, racing is weird. You know, racing is really mental, but it's also very physical in them cars at certain races. And I'm not going to lie, sometimes uh, it really amazes me, like, you know, Moyer or Scott and some of these older drivers, you know, how, how hard it is to drive these cars and how hard we drive them these days. It's way different from when I first started. So you definitely got to be up on it. And then uh, it takes a toll. It really does. And then uh, the other thing is, like, I feel like everybody used to party all night and <laughs> hang out and drink and uh, do this everything to they're, they're in shape. They're tough. They don't hang out all night. They don't party all night. They're TikToking. They're, they're click, you know, it's getting more professional. You know, I think it's the same way. I think, you know, NASCAR was probably the same way and went through that transition, you know, where them guys all got, you know, uh, trainers and nutritionists and stuff like that. And that's, uh, it's just getting tougher, you know, and it's like, I'm getting, I'm not getting any younger. So I, I definitely, um, I feel a lot better, you know, and I probably haven't been in there as much as I have needed to this year. We've been really busy, but I've been still been going in there pretty regularly here. And, uh, uh, but it definitely, it just definitely helps. And I think, you know, probably just as much mentally as it is physical, you know, too. So, but it, uh, definitely, uh, lifestyle change and I need it. I don't know why a guy needs to wait till he's 42 and 300 pounds before he starts, uh, <laughs> exercising, but I guess I'm not that smart. So it took me a while, but uh, I'm glad I did. Well, Fager, we did it. We did an hour show. <laughs> I think you did a great job. Awesome. Hell, I think if you could do this, you could win the World 100 this year. You can do anything's possible now. But uh, I had a great <laughs> time. It was great previewing stuff with you. You had good questions for Robert and uh, good uh, analysis, like I said earlier. I just hope you had fun and you'll come back Yeah, on. absolutely. Really cool. I'd, I'd, anytime, I'd, I'd be up for it. So, Well, everybody, we got plenty of coverage this weekend. Live races galore. Get on Flow Racing. Actually, get to the track first. And if you cannot, get on Flow Racing. Get on DirtOnDirt.com. For March, we are locked and loaded with events. We cannot wait to see you guys all at the track. Have fun this weekend, but make sure to go to DirtOnDirt.com or FlowRacing.com.